Welcome to Nighttime Conversations with Steve and Freya, where we take on the deeper subjects of relationships, life, love, sex, and personal happiness. I'm your host, Freya Norton. Remember to like and subscribe. Today, I'm speaking with a man on a mission, a mission to make a real difference in the world through helping others. And he is well on his way. The founder of CoachTheMind.ca, Mohammed Sheikh, is a master practitioner and teacher of neuro-linguistic programming, a certified heart math instructor, public speaker, and a coach, a man with real integrity, both in the home and out in the community. Mohammed has a brilliant mind and a huge heart, which comes through in everything that he does. I'm so happy he's agreed to speak here and would like to say a huge welcome and thank you, Mohammed. Can you give us your version of what you do for people who want to improve their lives. Hey Freya, thanks for having me on the show. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So I think the easiest and shortest way, you know, I've been doing this for almost 10 years, just a little over 10 years now, and uh, I still have a hard time, you know, putting it into a nice, neat sentence. But I think the easiest way is I help people who feel stuck in wherever, um, variety of different ways, but just stuck in their thinking, stuck in their emotions, um, have that breakthrough so they can go and start creating and living the life that they actually uh, want to be living. And that comes in like a, a variety of different flavors from, you know, I get a lot of clients that have, you know, they maybe they've been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, PTSD, and they have these things. And, you know, legally, I can't say I treat them. So what I say instead is I teach them tools and techniques to help them mm-hmm. actually move past from that. And then I do also a lot of executive coaching, um, you know, just around communication. Uh, you know, people feel that they're not there mm-hmm. yet, or they're not worthy, um, confidence issues, self-esteem issues, you know, whatever it is, there's always an underlying root. So I help people just really blast through that. <laughs> and uh, I know that, well, I know a lot of people who've been to see you and I've been to see you professionally as well and yeah. can speak for the efficacy of your work. It's, it's phenomenal. Today's episode is going to be a little different and very informative. Rather than talk specifically about sex or relationships, I want to talk about the foundation on which sex and relationships are built Um, having great sex and intimacy depends on being able to access the correct states to engage in those things well. And when I say state, it's more than just a mental state. It's the entire body's response, physical, chemical, hormonal, the, the heart rate. And without this, we would be lifeless, flaccid meat suits. Um, cue inappropriate joke about flaccid meat suits. <laughs> but um, a few examples of not having good state control and how that will affect people are, uh, I'm going to list a few examples here, mm-hmm. erectile dysfunction that has non-physical causes. And I believe this is something like 80% of erectile dysfunction is non-physical in nature. It's mental. Um, erectile dysfunction that has physical causes, physical causes such as uh, stress or even diabetes to a degree, um, heart conditions when you're on medications, um, high blood pressure medication is a big one, depression medication, low libido, anxiety, the inability to be aroused and inability to have an orgasm, lack of interest in a loved partner, lack of confidence, poor creativity or inspiration in the bedroom, and finally, stress-induced health conditions that result in the use of medication that destroy libido, sexual response, and sexual function. And this medication would also have seriously detrimental effects that ripple into the relationship. Often, you can avoid, and I'm not a doctor, and Mohammed's not a doctor. However, there are a lot of things that can be avoided if you take care of your health and your mental state. So things such as high blood pressure, um, anti-anxiety and depression medication, often cholesterol medication. So pretty much the entire gamut of sexual and relationship experience rests on a person's ability to be in the right state at the right time for what they want to do. Sometimes this happens easily and naturally, and often it does not. 
So I'm relating this to sex and relationships because it's my work subject. But this particular state control thing, this maps across into every area of life, work, relationships, sports, recreation, even relaxation. Mohammed mentioned um, in the boardroom. So this is a lot to throw out there right now. And I'm going to start with just a few pointed questions. Sure. Okay. So number one is how does deliberately affecting your state affect your overall health? And is there a better way to put it? Because I've been saying state control. Is there a better way to put it than that? Well, you know, I, I think, no, the framing is great. And I think the word state is correct as well, uh, or is, is a good way of putting it. You know, what I really love about the way you just introduced all of this is it, it's true. It doesn't necessarily matter, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, sexual performance or intimacy or anything like that, or we're just talking about, you know, sports or, you know, our performance at work, you know, being a leader um, in a corporate environment. It all does come down to state. If you ever take a look at my logo, you know, I know it says coach the mind because really my start was in NLP and I thought it was all about, you know, our unconscious thoughts. And, you know, I went on to study hypnosis, but I went on, as you know, to study and become trained in a variety of different modalities. The logo is actually, you know, going off to sort of coach the mind. You know, it's a brain that also looks like a speech bubble. So there's a little bit of a cleverness in, in that. But it's made up of these four quadrants. And I've color-coded each of these quadrants, you know, to mean, so there's like the, the purple qu uh, quadrant, which is your unconscious patterns, your unconscious thoughts, your unconscious patterns, all the stuff that's happening sort of below the surface, childhood traumas, childhood beliefs, all of that falls under the purple. Then you have the red layer, which is our emotional states, you know, the emotions that we feel. And then we have the yellow. The yellow is the energetic layer, the spiritual layer, because one, we are energetical beings, but we also, you know, now that can be measured, we give this vibe uh, out. It's both metaphor and also literal too, because it can be measured. And then we have the blue, which is the physical body. And that has everything right down from like the foods that we eat to our sleep, to, you know, our muscles. So all of these four things are actually working together and they influence and affect each other. You know, it's really interesting because I've had actually clients uh, that came to see me and it's not my specialty, but I have clients that have come to see me for erectile dysfunction, ED. And, you know, what we were really working on was a childhood trauma, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, this is your area of expertise, you totally understand how come. And at the same time, I've had someone come to me for anger issues. And the next thing they knew, their sinuses cleared. Oh, and that, they didn't amazing. even talk about that. Like, that wasn't yeah. even a thing. Like, that wasn't even on the radar. Right. So that was, you know, quite interesting for me. But so when we're talking about state, yeah, it is all of the above right? It is understanding that the emotions, and I know we're going to go into more depth, but the emotions that we ha feel have a direct impact on our physiology, right down to our hormonal system, our autonomic nervous system, you know, our parasympathetic, our sympathetic branches, um, and then the foods that we eat, the amount of sleep, what our body's currently doing, right? All of these things, the influence state, you know, let me put it this very, very simply. If someone felt nervous before a big presentation, I wouldn't necessarily coach them on, well, there's no reason to be nervous or, you know, all of those sort of things, which is all mind things. I know that the fastest way is rather to change the body. I get them to stand up straight, fix their shoulders, you know, chest out, head up breathe evenly, deeply, feet into the ground, you know, as if they're like a tree planted into the ground. And suddenly they have access to all this confidence, which they actually already know how to do because I always joke and say, have you ever ordered a pizza? And they're like, yeah, well, how confident are you ordering a pizza? It's like, oh, that's, there's no, I never really thought of it that way. I guess I'm very confident when I'm ordering a pizza. So the ability is there. We just need to create, right? So I'll, I can influence how they're feeling and the thoughts they're saying to themselves, which is a different sensory modality by actually changing their physical body. So I love state 
And I think that answers your question. Hopefully it does. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. Now yeah. you mentioned, you mentioned something that kind of caught my ear early on in your explanation and it had to do with, you could me- actually measure what somebody was putting out into the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Can, you, can you say more on that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm a certified trainer with HeartMath Institute, and they've been doing a lot of amazing work for the last 30 years now on the energetics of the heart, right? A lot of the stress that, you know, my background in understanding anxiety, stress, the hormones, how emotions uh, affect the body from hormone really comes from, you know, my, my involvement with HeartMath. So we are basically electric beings in a way, you know, we go to a hospital and, you know, you know, there's these things called electrocardiograms and what they're the ECGs, what they're effectively measuring is the current that's flowing through our body. And every time the heart beats, it creates a pulse of current. Now, you know, basic physics here that whenever there is current, it also, we also create an electromagnetic field. An electromagnetic field, they can be measured. Now, Using devices known as magnetometers, we can actually measure that field up to about an inch or two from our skull. And that's the brain activity. That's all the current you know, that's going through our brain. That's remarkable. What's even more remarkable is that the field that our heart creates can actually be measured up to three feet today. Wow. And the researchers over at HeartMath Institute are actually postulating that it's actually greater than three, mid, uh, three uh, feet. It's, uh, it's just the limitation of modern technology. They're actually thinking it's, it's a lot further than three feet that can be measured. So we're talking really about electromagnetic fields, not, you know, the sort of woo-woo, like, you know, metaphorical sort of, you mm-hmm. know, the yeah. vibe that we give up. But here's the interesting thing. Yeah, uh, you know, and I'm sure we're going to go into a little bit more depth to it since we're sort of talking about it. Depending on the emotions that we feel, it affects our heartbeat on a beat to beat basis, which shows up in our heart rate variability, which shows up in the electromagnetic field that our heart is creating. So it's not that we can measure if someone is like, we can't read anyone's thoughts and emotions that does not exist, but the frequency of someone who is feeling and holding and living with appreciation in their heart has a very different signature than someone that is walking around with fear or hate or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Right. And they look very, very differently. We can measure it using heart rate variability, which is, you know, which is you know, something you touch, but even in the field. And if you think about it, we already intuitively know this because how many times you know, have you and I have been in a room or we've been in a room where when someone walks in, suddenly everyone just feels better, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we've all been in a room and someone walks out everyone feels better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. So that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about here. So these fields, mm-hmm. um, do they affect, how do they affect yourself and others? Yeah. And I see where you're going with this yeah. because we're talking about, you know, intimate relationships. Absolutely. You know, um, I'm going to use the word vibration more from a uh, metaphor, Oracle, right? But we all have a vibration. Okay. And if I'm walking with a vibration of, you know, gratitude, openness, uh, love, um, you know, and just, you know, as in the openness form, not necessarily the verb. <laughs> uh, and I'm walking around with that. Well, I am actually going to uplift those around me. And there've actually been, there's been some amazing studies done over at HeartMath Institute. One of the ones, uh, and I think I shared this with you once, um, is there was, they basically took, and they repeated it over a hundred times. They basically took groups of four and all four of them were hooked up to heart rate HRV monitors, measuring their, um, their heart rate variability, me- measuring their coherence 
And, you know, high coherence is basically, you know, correlates to this high vibration, to this higher state of renewing emotions, such as love, appreciation, gratitude, right? So basically high coherence is good and we can measure it. It has a very different pattern. Anyways, all four of them were sent into the room to do data entry. Now, the real experiment was only one person was the experiment. This person genuinely thought that the task was just to do data entry and there'd be maybe measuring his stress when it comes to how quickly he enters data in Excel or something. Mm -hmm. The other three in the room, and they weren't facing each other or anything. They were all looking away from each other, uh, just staring at their screens. The other three were basically said, a signal will be given to you on your screen. It'll be very small because we don't want the fourth to know. And when you see the signal, your job is to shift into a state of high coherence. Easiest way, think of someone or something you feel love for, get into a state of gratitude, or just send uh, a feeling of appreciation to the fourth person, either or. So they all go into the room. And again, it was repeated over 100 times. When the three of them, were given the signal and sent appreciation or access to appreciation themselves, that fourth individual simply being in their presence, uh, their HRV and their coherence actually also went up and without any, you know, willing consciousness effort of, of, of themselves. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl. So I'm using the third person pronoun, right? But uh, basically, you know, his, his, his HRV just went up and his coherence uh, went up. And this was just simply being in the room with those three individuals who were effectively giving off a good vibe. Amazing. And that's through that's entrainment rather than some magical woo woo. Oh, I'm sending you energy. And, and cause there's a lot of woo out there. Sure. I'm a little bit woo, but I think I'm that, a little bit woo too. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I do think that woo has a basis in reality. You know, it's not something out there that is mystical and magical. There, there are things that are actually happening. And in this case, his heart coherence is, in training to the other ones. That's exactly it. it. So you can imagine just from this, um, how is it that your heart coherence may be affecting your partner or other people in your house? You know, one of my rules, I have a whole list of rules. I shared that once on Facebook. Um, One of my rules is be easy to love. And what that really speaks to is a conscious awareness of how I continue to always show up as far as my, there's that word again, state goes. Oh my gosh. I just, I love this so much. <laughs> my heart just burst right open. <laughs> I'm going to ask you more about this. So, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, oh that was it. What's your question? <laughs> well, there is a really, really big, um, you know, I'm, I'm involved in a lot of relationship groups mm-hmm. and you know, different, just different things on relationships. And there's a lot of talk about wanting other people to show up, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of talk on personal responsibility. Like, well, I want my perfect partner to show up and do all the work and do this and do that and do this and do that. And also, you know, there's the underlying things so that I can love them and be happy. And there's not a lot of work on being easy to love yourself. Yeah, it's it's completely backward. Yeah. It's and, like CBT. you know, without, <laughs> I think that there's a lot to that personal responsibility of putting yourself in the state of love. If you are love, you will be loved. Kind of. Is that, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's no difference. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, I'm very involved in the, you know, Pakistani Muslim community here in Mississauga. And, you know, somehow, I don't even know, I never signed up for this role, but I, I always get these young men who are looking to get married. And they're, they've got these laundry lists, you know, these shopping lists of, you know, the girl's got to have this, the girl's got to have this, you know, I want this sort of quality in my, t- my future wife and all of that, right? 
And, you know, for me, it's just, it's just so funny because I say, look, you know, we always know what we know and we don't know what we don't know yet, right? And I mean, it's always a case of not knowing what we don't know, right? And so you might have a list of all these things that you think actually makes you happy. Go ahead and throw it away. Your only job should be to, you know, exactly be easy to love, but then go and find and have genuine interest and care and learn as much as possible about, you know, her, right? And just be open to the idea that she'll do exactly the same thing. And I can promise you that if you entered in this sort of a, a perspective in this sort of a state, the stuff that she will find about you and for you will bring you so much more joy, gratitude, happiness, pleasure than anything that might already be on your list because you're only limited to what you know. You don't know. Exactly. Right? So it's like, throw it out. Yes, it's absolutely. Take personal responsibility. I mean, you know, any relationship is always two imperfect people who just really refuse to give up on each other. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always effort. It's always work. But it's not bad. It's not a struggle. It's, you know, um, it's a team. There's a joy in working towards something with and for somebody you love. Absolutely. Um, so in this, this heart coherence thing, so you called it high frequency, which is when you're in the state of gratitude or in the state of love. High how coherence. Does, high coherence. Yeah. How does that high coherence, um, intentional or deliberate high coherence, how does that affect your own body and your own health? Because I was mentioning things like people who say, Oh, I have a really stressful life. And because of that, I have high blood pressure and I need to be on these meds because I've got this high blood pressure. I'm so stressed out all the time. I'm just so stressed. Really, really like that role. And um, because of that, I'm on these medications. And then of course, because of the medications, I have erectile dysfunction and can you help me? And I'm like, well, (laughs) The first thing is getting control of, of your states. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. We, we, we always have to take many steps back, it seems, because, you know, whether we're talking about stress problems or anxiety, everyone comes with the notion that stress is the bad guy and anxiety is the problem. And, you know, it's, it's education for them to let them know that, you know, the reason our body feels anxiety or stress is not because, you know, they're the bad guy. Anxiety, for example, I'm just going to use these words interchangeably, Mm -hmm. if that's okay. Um, You know, it's basically like having a fire alarm in the house. You know, if the fire alarm goes off in the house, is our job to try to snuff it out with a pillow or to cut the wires and turn it off? Is that what we do? No, right? What we do is if a fire alarm goes on, you know, the correct thing to do is basically we'll figure out why is it going off? Is there a fire, right? So when our body starts to produce anxiety or stress, what's happening is it's trying to communicate to us that something in our life currently needs to be addressed. But we don't. We don't actually listen to our body. We just let the fire keep raging on. And so what happens is the fire alarm gets louder, <laughs> right? It's like, you're not paying attention. There's a freaking fryer in your house, you know, and you're just going about your business or you're just continuing through. No, you need to pay attention. And by the way, that medication isn't addressing the actual uh, you know, cause of the fire or if there's a fire, it's not really addressing that. The medication really is, from a metaphor you know, standpoint, it's literally us trying to snuff the fire alarm. You know, we're, we're, we're cutting the wires of the fire alarm every time we take medication. And that's impossible because our body's most basic wiring is to survive. So our stress will, of course, increase. And our anxiety will, of course, get higher because we're continually ignoring the real problem and now we're trying to douse it with medication so we're going to have more anxiety more stress to which you know the doctor is going to give higher medication greater medications this is never-ending circle um but with, with no real solutions right and this conversation 
when people hear it is is a huge light bulb moment as i'm hoping it is for your listeners mm-hmm. that you know that's not the real issue so we have to address you know what's actually going on and your question was more about you know how does the state and the you know the the coherence that we're feeling how does it actually impact us from a, from a bodily perspective well when we have emotions that are depleting on our body, there's no real such thing as good emotions or bad emotions or positive emotions or negative emotions because all emotions actually are appropriate in a particular context. You know, like there's times to be angry, you know? Um, there's a lot of reasons, the atrocities and uh, that are happening in the world that I have every right uh, to be angry. And it does make, it, it does, you know, make me angry. Is justified, though the state of anger, or rather the feeling of anger, what that does, it is a depleting emotion on my body because what those sort of emotions do is it triggers about 1,400 biochemical reactions in our body. The primary hormone that gets created is cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So now we've got more cortisol than we actually need, and that affects our bodily functioning. And what ends up happening is, as I said, you know, these emotions have a direct impact on our heart. Well, we need to now understand the heart-brain connection. So the brain and the heart are connected through the autonomic nervous system. So our nervous system is basically responsible for everything, more or less, right down from our, re, uh, you know, our digestion, our immune system, our reproductive system, our libido, you know, our intimacy, our sexual performance, all of that, it is being regulated by the nervous system. And the nervous system has two branches. It's got the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch. And they, you know, they start from the brain, that's where the, the main connection is. And then it goes down and it connects at the heart. The sympathetic branch is basically, it's kind of like the, the accelerator on a car. It's what makes everything go. Fight, flight, or freeze, uh, adrenaline, all of that stuff really lives in the sympathetic system. Now, the parasympathetic system is kind of like the brake pedal of a car. That's what gets everything to slow down, rest and recovery, healing. Now, both of these branches actually need to function in, in a coherent rhythm. Like they, There's not one needs to be higher or greater. Than the other. Both of them need to be in this perfect balance. What ends up happening is when we feel these depleting emotions because of the cortisol, that balance gets you know, misaligned, it becomes desynchronized. And when that gets desynchronized, oh, and before I continue, I forgot to mention one of the most important parts. So the main connections from the brain, you know, and it connects to the heart through the nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic branches, right? Mm -hmm. While the brain sends information down to the heart, it's actually very little information, mostly to do with regulating blood pressure. The heart sends more information to the brain than the brain sends to the heart, like 80-20 up. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know this prior to becoming, you know, uh, my involvement with heart math. So the implications are this, is that, you know, when we feel these emotions, it changes our, our heart rate on a beat to beat um, you know, basis. Um, causing desynchronization between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic branch. So it sends a very different neurological signal. The heart sends a very impaired neurological signal to the brain, which then Interesting. Right, impairs all of our functions. Right? And we call this cortical inhibition. Now, the flip side of this is when we genuinely, you know, are walking around, even if you consciously practice, you know, five minutes of just consciously practice, you know, gratitude, genuine gratitude, genuine appreciation, genuine love, care, uh, you know, for another person, for ourselves, right? That then triggers another 1400 biochemical reactions in the body, though this time, the primary hormone that gets created is DHEA, which is a vitality hormone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can actually- they, you know, they, Yeah, I was going to say they sell it on Amazon. They sell it, right? <laughs> yeah. so, so this is a way to, um, to get that naturally. Our body will produce it naturally. In fact- so You can produce, so you can deliberately produce DHEA. Absolutely. By practicing heart coherence. That's amazing. Yeah. 
and hard yeah. clearance is basically, you know, I mean, I can run you through a quick exercise, but all it really is is just taking a few moments to get into our heart, you know, putting our attention there. Because it's interesting, you know, we, you know that whole phrase, energy flows where attention goes, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes I'll actually have people put their hand on their heart and, you know, they'll always ask me, Muhammad, you know, you're putting your, ha- your hand on the center of your chest. Isn't the heart a bit to the side, right? And, you know, in my head, depends who I'm talking to. Sometimes I'll say, well, it's really the heart chakra, <laughs> right? right. right? But, you know, the heart's there as well. So I'll get them to put their hands on their heart and just put their attention there, you know, breathing a little deeper. But all it is is just taking a moment to to remember Wait, someone. I'm going to interrupt you for one moment. Yeah. Because what you're about to say is going to be... <laughs> I was going to ask you, because this is big. There's a lot of people out there. I know they're like, well, you know what? I just can't quit my job and go lie on the beach and relax to get my health in order. I have a stressful life. So I don't have time for that. And um, it's not, it's actually much easier than, you know, eliminating all stress from your life. Instead, you could do something like exactly what Mohammed is going to explain to us right now. This is how easy it is. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, and, and I'll speak a little bit more to that. So do you want me to do the technique first? Yeah, let's do the technique first, just so we can see how simple, because it sounds like this, oh my gosh, this, this thing that people do to get their hearts in coherence, it, it's actually quite easy. It's quite easy. Yeah. Uh, and I know you've done the heart math program, so you know exactly yeah. where I'm going with this. Uh, mm-hmm. It takes not even two minutes. So here we go. So go ahead. You know, you don't have to close your eyes. Uh, it's up to you. You don't even have to put your hand on your heart. It's up to you. But focus all of your attention on the area of your heart, breathing a little deeper and slower than usual. And if it's comfortable for you, five seconds in, five seconds out. And imagine your breath flowing in and out of your heart. Now, make a sincere attempt on activating a renewing, regenerative emotion, such as love, appreciation, or care for someone or something in your life. Let's hold this for another 20 seconds. Okay, thank you. How do you feel? Great. (laughs) Great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all it is, right? Because when we feel this, we get DHEA, which by the way, when we're talking about stre- uh, stress, if they actually, you know, stress is often measured, the, the stress in our body, our physiological stress is measured by the ratio of cortisol to DHEA in our bloodstream. Interesting. Right. And so now we're introducing more DHEA into our bloodstream, which in a way sort of offsets the cortisol. And what ends up happening is we have the inverse. We have uh, cortical facilitation. So now these sort of emotions causes our parasympathetic and our sympathetic branches to regulate, to become synchronized again. And now we have a very different neurological signal going to the brain, one that actually gets our, our brain to work better, to perform better, to be more creative. So we have all these benefits And if you were actually hooked up right now to an HRV monitor, we would see real time within seconds, your coherence rhythm, your HRV rhythm change in real time just by doing this technique. So it's not like, you know, you have to do and practice this and then maybe five months later you see the benefits. You actually begin to see and realize the benefits instantaneously. 
So then that's super useful if you, uh, if you have a stressful day, um, doesn't matter where you are, you can even do that when you're driving, you know? Yeah. So I was invited, um, to give a, basically to do a training for an accounting company, right? And they brought me in last year, September, uh, which is really a big deal because they really dedicated four half days, their entire staff pulled everyone, shut down the office, right? And I said to, you know, the staff, I'm like, this, you know, this just shows you how much the owners and the partners actually care for your well-being because most mm. companies don't do that, right? But I taught them these simple techniques because what ended up, ha- what ends up happening in any, you know, any of these roles really that, that become stressful is September, it's their off season, but come tax season, which is really starts in Jan, right up to like about April, May, there is just so much work that, you know, they say we get edgy with each other, we get short with each other, our customer service drops down, customers start complaining because they're not getting, you know, the love that they're normally getting, people are taking the stress home, so it's affecting their personal relationships as well, right? So we need, we need tools. And this two-minute exercise, I was halfway into the training because it was a four-week training, four half days. I was halfway in the training, so I've only delivered two classes so far. And one of the accountants said, you know, Mohammed, something really magical happened a couple of days ago. And I said, what happened? I got a c- call from a client who basically tore me a new one. And normally that sort of an interaction is enough to ruin my entire day. I lose all my productivity. I'm just in a bad mood. I go home in a bad mood and that affects the house. Like that's, it's just, you know, and we know we're all human. This is what Mm -hmm. ends up happening, right? And he said, though this time when I hung up the phone and I could feel my blood boiling, I can feel the stress, I can feel the anger because, you know, it was my fault as well, but you know, there was no reason the client needed to, you know, tear me a new one. I remember the technique you taught us, which is just what we practiced. The simple, simple technique. And he said, I went to the bathroom, closed the door, and I spent two minutes practicing this technique. And when I came out, there was no carryover. I was completely reset. I had all my productivity. I got everything that I need to get done. And when I went home, I went home with a big smile on my face. Amazing. Right? Really amazing. That's a really great example of control. Yeah. Of state control. And when we're talking about your clients are talking about, you know, we have these stressful jobs and we're on these meds. Well, you know, you know, the way we get off these meds with, of course, you know, consultate uh consulting with your doctor of course because you know neither of us are doctors <laughs> you gotta say that right this yep. amazing litigious world we live in um but the way you know i've helped my clients get themselves off their meds is by regularly practicing these techniques because what ends up happening is yeah you will feel calm in the moment which is great so you have access right to access to your 100 percent of your brain again but by practicing these techniques regularly, what this does is it actually raises our emotional resilience and it raises our baseline over a period of months. So it doesn't have to take years, but over like three, four months of individuals regularly practicing this and regularly means several times throughout the day for two minutes, right? Every time they feel stress to do a technique until the stress is gone in the moment. We're literally rewiring and retraining our brain, our ability to self-regulate, our emotional resilience goes up, our baseline raises, and suddenly anxiety feels like you're taking care of yourself and it doesn't need to be so loud anymore. Therefore, the meds drop. Interesting. And actually being emotionally resilient like that turns you into a better partner. Absolutely. In all ways. Um, Always. So with this, going into something a little more specific, mm-hmm. how, how could this translate into, now, of course, you and I can just think of it off the top of our heads, but for our listeners, how can this translate into um, being able to state control, let's just say pre-bedtime? So, you know, you're lying in bed, you're waiting for your partner to come. And I know that's something that a lot of women struggle with is 
even before their husband has come to bed, they're kind of annoyed. <laughs> and, and they're almost like, so they're already kind of annoyed. They've got these resentments. And then if he starts and she's waiting for him to like pester her, in, and I'm using that term intentionally, pester her in some way for sex. And she, <laughs> she doesn't, and she's like, F-. so there's this whole negative thing going on that has, in my opinion, already ruined any intimacy before it began. And yet these are two people who say they love each other, who say they want an improved intimate life. Um, They want to love each other better. How can this technique or the heart math stuff or state control, how can that change that situation? There's a lot of moving parts here, to be honest, Preya. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing that really stands out, if I was to really sort of go at at a high level, I think we both individuals need to first agree that it's more important to be happy than to be right. That's huge. And that's what it's about. The moment we make it a me versus you or my or this or my right or that, you know, and both individuals really need to play the game. It's always a partnership. It's always a teamwork. I mean, we have a rule at home where, um, we're not allowed to go to sleep if either one of us is, uh, is upset. Now, the thing is, it has nothing to do with if we're upset with each other. We're not allowed to go bad if we're upset about anything. Right? And this was some advice given to, you know, like an older community member when I got married, you know, when I was like 22, 23, right? And, and I got married and I just listened to it. And it's been a godsend. It's not until much later that I actually started, you know, with all my education and learning about neuroscience and the way our brains work that I realized that, well, it's when we sleep that we actually cement those neurological patterns. Oh, interesting. Right. And so, you know, and being an NLP guy, <laughs> you can, of course, appreciate how I always know what's going on with my wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> because <laughs> you know the, the the facial language and the body language and of course and the energetic sensitivity and all of that and myself it's not like you know I don't, I don't hide anything you know I don't do the whole poker face and my wife has over the years of course we've been married now what 15 years so um you know she knows and, and that's the rule and we hold each other you know to it that we're not going to bed uh, upset about anything just because it it ruins the state that's what it's about. So we have to first agree. I mean, the way you set up the question, Freya, right? I mean, I'm already starting to see, like, it's almost as if in your example, she's decided, you know, that I want to be pissed off at him. And is, yeah, she has. And, and, has, and is justifying it with her thoughts. So she'll, with her in that state of um, whatever it is that she's got on her mind, She's dredging up all kinds of reasons because that's in that state, you have access to annoyed thoughts and critical thoughts. If the state was shifted um, and the question is really, what are you willing to let go of in order to be happy? So if she decides I'm going to let go of this, um, you know, I can, if I need to have a conversation, I can save the conversation for another time, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be in the state of love and appreciation and openness Oh, and you know what? That doesn't mean you have to, um, you know, really go crazy, but open to being close, open to being happy, open to being intimate. And then you have access to appreciative thoughts about your partner. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's exactly it is that the very first step has to be that I'm going to make a conscious decision that regardless of whatever, because yes, I want to be in love and I want, I truly want every day of our relationship to be better than the one yesterday. Right. If that's what's, uh, on a hierarchy of importance, that is at the top. Uh, and everything else, the disagreements, the fights, the annoyances, whatever it is, that's all secondary, right? Then, yeah, then for sure. I mean, I can teach you, uh, teach uh, many uh, techniques, right? And it has to do with bringing in the senses, bringing in the memories, you know, uh, making a conscious effort. So we can, you know, just like as, uh, to answer your question more specifically now, you know, once a person has agreed that, yes, I want to do this, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can do a simple, you know, sort of exercise of just, you know, taking, uh, you know, going to a place in which we had a lot of love, 
but we received a lot of love. We had a lot of connection. We received a lot of connection with our partner, right? We can uh-huh. do something physical with our body. I mean, just the, you know, um, the other day I was actually interviewing um, a person who gives an amazing massage. And one of the things that she does is she physically kind of does like this movement with her hand, starting from the top of her head down to her belly button, I guess, as she moves her hand down, that's her like centering and clearing all of her crap, which she leaves at the door before she even enters the room to give a massage. Right. So it's a physical sort of uh, ritual. And, you know, we can have these things that make sense for us, but the point is to clear the space to do something, to see the pictures, hear the sounds, feel the feelings, have appreciation, have gratitude to reset ourselves, um, to just have that intention of being openness, to being open. And that's a deliberate choice, just as um, it is with, let's just say, a man who has performance anxiety. He's anxious even before he decides to approach his partner. Yeah. And, you know, again, this is where it's like, there's a lot of moving parts here, but just doing this, and I'm sure, you know, you for yourself doing this as long as we've been doing this, the problem is actually never the problem, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's like, um, you know, I mean, here's the context of disciplining kids, right? And you know, the mother or the father loses their temper, gets angry. The kid does something stupid. So the, the parent loses their temper, gets angry and says all these mean and hurtful things, which has this very, you know, powerful impact on the child. I mean, I know because I'm still dealing with that 30 years later, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I have to do age regression and undo that. Um, but the reality is, is the anger, the source of that anger is actually not from the stupid thing the kid did. It's a culmination of maybe all of the day's stresses. And that was just the tipping point and that was the outlet, right? And so, you know, a man is anxious, you know, well, what are the reasons? That will be, that's what we actually have to talk about again. The problem isn't anxiety. The problem is, well, what is all the stuff holding up and creating that anxiety? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be unique and different for every single person. That's really, really deep and interesting. And I would say far more useful than the traditional advice to put on some lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) Put on some lingerie and hold hands. (laughs) That's funny because, you know, the reality is, is if you, you know what just came to me, Freya, when you said that? What? If you don't have anxiety, if you don't have stress if you don't have the physical you know you're not eating crappy food you've got your hours of rest and what you do have is a genuine connection to the other person no lingerie required exactly there's a lot of uh i mean i i've never won lingerie in my life so (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing just fine (laughs) i was gonna say i can recommend some some shopping avenues, if you like. <laughs> so um, if someone wanted to learn more about having control over their states, um, yeah. where could they go to do this? Yeah. So, I mean, is this the part where I tell people how to find me? Tell people how to find you. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the best way is, um, well, I was going to say the best way is my website, coachthemind.ca. And through there, I actually have a number of free online classes, uh, one on NLP, which is a lot to do with state control, one on our heart math to do with emotional self-regulation. It's a 30-minute class. Everyone should take it. That's why I made it free. Uh, so there's a lot of good resources there. Plus, there's ways to could contact me. I'm very, you know, uh, I make myself available. I made a conscious effort. I know while the whole industry and the smart business thing to do is just start pumping up courses and becoming a digital market, a marketer, you know, listening to my heart, I made a conscious effort, uh, conscious decision to realize that, no, what we really need is human connection. And we need to be our, you know, like we need to move away almost, especially in this sort of work. We need to move away from watching pre-recorded classes. It's like, we need to have real conversations. So I make myself available. I see clients. I do most of that. 
Um, all my information is there. What I was also going to say is so find me on Facebook. And if you can, um, I mean, Muhammad Sheikh, does, it's a very popular name. So God knows who you're going to find. But I think if you type in Muhammad Sheikh, uh, coach the mind or Muhammad Sheikh NLP or hypnosis, you should land on me. I'm in Mississauga, Ontario. Um, you'll probably recognize me because I've got a nice smiling face. <laughs> I'll put a link. I'll put a link to your. Phone. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know like exactly how you know this is going to be distributed. Yeah, so if you can put a link, uh, I'm very active on Facebook. Uh, I'm very you know responsive on Facebook as well. So if you reach out, uh, I actually will get back to you. <laughs> right, and don't feel like you have to pay. You know, I mean, a session is a session, of course. But if you have a quick question, just want to say hello, shoot me a message. I will respond. Yeah, one of the things I really valued about the one-on-one time with you is how um, intensely you're able to tune in to what's really going on with me. The one-on-one focus time is phenomenal. And I, and I think it's irreplaceable by any course, any sort of online or digital content. There's something about you and the way that you tune into people and the way that you offer and help them with what they need that is phenomenal. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I really, really value and believe in Muhammad's work. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. And did you have any closing words about this whole subject of state control and it affecting your, um, yeah, your personal life, your really personal life? A lot of the times I think my job really is just to help people who believe they don't have choice for them to understand just how much choice they actually have. And that's what it is. And it's choosing to be happy, choosing, taking personal responsibility, choosing to be the, like, I'm going to be the one that's going to make myself easy to love. I'm going to be the one that, you know, recognize, which takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery, I know, but to recognize that perhaps there's stuff that comes from my background, comes from my history, comes from my childhood that needs to be, processed, not visited, not talked about, because that doesn't create change, but it needs to be processed. It needs to be let go of truly. Um, And when we begin to do that and invest in ourselves, I mean, life honestly becomes magical and wondrous.